Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. We took a break last week, but we're back and I'm feeling really good. Today's interview is with the amazing Bobby Kaz. He is a TikToker and a podcaster like myself, and he's an eating disorder recovery advocate, and his content is so real, like so relatable, so raw. Just if you're feeling alone in eating disorder recovery, which spoiler alert, we all are, you will not feel alone with Bobby as a follower. Um, So he's just incredible. And I love this conversation. I think this conversation is inspiring to everyone. You know, he's a guy and he talks about recovery as a, as a guy and what, what his experiences, the stigmas um, and everything that comes with it. Honestly, just love this conversation, love learning about Bobby's story and We also talk a little bit about exercise and how he's incorporated exercise in a healthy way uh, as he's pursued recovery and throughout his journey. So super inspiring episode. Hope that y'all love it. Just want to give a little trigger warning that we talk a little bit about weight loss. So if that's something that is triggering to you right now, then maybe save this episode for another time when it doesn't trigger you anymore. So thanks for tuning in so, so much, and I hope that y'all enjoy the episode. We have Bobby here on Take the Cake, finally. Woo! Uh, how are you doing, Bobby? What's up? Tell me about your day, your week. Wait, it's only Monday. Tell me about your weekend. <laughs> My weekend was good. Um, I've been keeping myself busy. I'm taking some summer classes. Um, I've been doing some, obviously, the social media work. Um, it's keeping me busy. So it's been good. Um, it's kind of weird because like now that I'm done with like my semester, I don't have like a, a structured schedule anymore. It's kind of all on my own. Um, so it's kind of, I'm learning and I'm adapting to that, but I've been back home now for the summer for a couple of weeks now. So I'm kind of getting acclimated. Um, but it's good to be busy. Obviously I'd rather be busy than bored. So I just go like insane if I'm bored for too long of a period of time, I can't sit still for more than like an hour and a half, two hours. I feel like, so it's good to be busy. It's keeping me busy. Um, so yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Things are going good. Amazing. Okay. My audience, they probably know who you are. Some of them might not, but they should. So let's do it. Tell my audience where you live, what you do, what do you do for fun? Let's start with those three questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what do I, what do I do where I live and what I do for fun? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those who don't know me, my name is Bobby Kazmaier. I am uh, going to be 21 years old in two weeks, um, two weeks from yesterday. It's exciting. Um, I'm from, and I'm currently in Connecticut, um, grew up in New England my entire life. I go to school in New Hampshire. So I've been all around the New England area uh, my whole life. Um, for fun, I love to work out. I'm a CrossFit athlete. I hate saying it like that because I, I know there's like this stigma around CrossFit, I feel like, but uh, it's one of my passions. I love obviously what I do on social media. Um, I'm an eating disorder recovery advocate uh, on social media, speaking about all things eating disorder recovery, um, the struggles of of it, the, the good aspects about it. Cause that's obviously the, the, the best part about, about recovery is the, the good parts about it. Um, and what comes with it. Um, I love helping out other people who are struggling in the 
who are struggling with the same things I used to struggle with um, and could be still currently struggling with. Um, it's nice to have that outlet and being able to talk and reach other people, especially guys, um, other males, because it's just eating disorders and mental health in general is just still very stigmatized amongst males, unfortunately. And I'm trying to do what I can to break that stigma. Um, I know what I do myself isn't going to entirely break it because that'd be pretty much impossible. But, um, you know, as long as I like, I love whenever I get messages from other guys who DM me and say how much, you know, the stuff I put out there helps. That means the world because that's the main reason why I started doing this. And it's uh, it makes my day every time. So it's awesome. So <laughs> amazing. I love your content. Uh, you it's cool because I can see that you do reach a lot of guys on men. I also see that you reach people of all genders. Like, it seems like it's really everyone. <laughs> it seems like everyone can resonate with your content. It's really amazing. I, know, I don't know if that's like, it's obviously good that they, you know, that the content helps them feel less alone, but it just sucks that there's so many people that are struggling mm. with disorders and mental health. And it, it sucks. Um, so I, you know, like I said, I try and do whatever I can to help others feel less alone and make content that can really resonate with people that can validate their struggles because that's, that's really important. Yeah. We love it. By the end of this podcast, I hope everyone is on TikTok following you. Are you on any other social media platforms that I've been, yeah, I've been trying to like repost my TikToks on reels on Instagram. I've been trying to yeah. get more active on there. Um, other than that, not really. I, I mean, I have my podcast, obviously. Oh um, yeah. Of course. Of course <laughs> I was is, on it. It was, it was so great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't checked that one out, check that one out. That was a great episode. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, like we mentioned in when, when we talked about podcasts, just like speaking like, like the longer form of content, you, you can really like, um, go full in depth about this kind of stuff versus on like, there's only so much you can put into a 15 second TikTok, And um, so, yeah, the podcast, I love it so much because it's just, you can mm. just speak about it for, cause I can talk about this stuff for hours, days hours. at a time. So. Yeah. I feel like podcast is where you like learn, whereas TikTok and Instagram reels is where you feel kind of like inspired. Not that you can't learn on TikTok and reels. You know what I mean? That's like, you feel that inspiration where con- uh, long form content, you're like, I'm going to like take notes and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Love it. So we're not going to talk too much about the past, uh, but I would love to know your history with food and body and what it was like, you know, how long you've been in recovery slash are you feeling recovered slash what, you know, where are you at right now? Just tell me about your history and how you got here essentially. Yeah. So um trying to keep it as concise as possible. Everything for me started at a very young age. I just wasn't aware of it at the time, but just looking back, you know, I, you know, as young as age six, when I was six years old, I remember like the first thing that like, like when it really hit me that like uh, being, I guess, cause I, I grew up overweight, like a, in a very thin family, which right away, like I felt like the outcast in a way, um, you know, things happened to me, like, for example, I got called fat at like my sixth birthday party. Like that was like the first time where I was like, like that was the first time where I really resonated, resonated with like being fat is like a bad thing. Um, so that's where, it, that's where it kind of got started for me. And, you know, ever since that moment happened, I remember like, just as a kid, always like doing things like body checking in the mirror and, um, asking like my parents questions about like weight loss and like how I could lose weight at such a young age. And, uh, at the time I didn't know it was a bad thing or like, it wasn't or that this wasn't 
what a normal six-year-old boy should be doing. Um, so I always had this, like, like for the majority of my life, I always had this just like really tough relationship with food and body image. I just wasn't aware of it. Like I said, and that, you know, triggered on into my middle and like high school years. And then, um, high school was where everything kind of took a turn for the worst. My sophomore year of high school, when I was 15 years old, I was just like, I was so sick of like the way I was like going about my life. And I, like, I wasn't really exercising. I wasn't eating, um, very well. I was eating, I was eating a lot and I was kind of sick of it. And I know a lot of people who have these like weight loss journeys have like a, a click moment, um, where it's like, this is like where they're really going to do it. Um, and I had my click moment, uh, when I was 15, I was, I remember it's like, so clearly I was sitting on my couch, like late at night, I was eating either like goldfish or cheese. It's like one of those two out of the, um, out of the bag. And I was just like, what am I doing with myself? Like, what is like, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just like, I feel like I'm like slowly like killing myself. Like, this is not the, the right way to live. So I remember telling myself, like, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and like run. Uh, Cause at the time I had like so little knowledge on nutrition and fitness. All I knew was just like, if you ate less and move more, you lose weight. And like, that was my goal. Cause that's all I knew. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow and I'm going to go for a run. I'm just going to keep doing that every single day. Um, so that's what I did. I, every day I, after school, I went to the gym and I ran a couple miles on the treadmill. Cause also too, at the time I thought the only way to like lose weight was to run. I don't know why I just, mm-hmm. so that's the only thing I would do every day. I'd run. I tried to eat as little as I possibly could. Um, and like I said, so I still really wasn't aware that that was a problem. Um, and then that, you know, kept on for like about a year or so. And I, I lost a lot of weight, um, in a very unhealthy way. Now I realize that obviously, um, and like the time where I realized what I was doing was kind of a problem was like, like around like, you know, 10, 11 months into this process where I would run every day. And I was like consistent with this. I would run every single day. And if I couldn't run, I'd go like insane. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose all my progress and gain all this weight back. If I didn't run for one day, it was just like um horrible cycle to be in. And then, you know, the moment I realized it was a bad thing was when I was on the treadmill doing my usual run and I could like barely run like a mile. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. so confused. I was like, like, what is going on here? Like, this is not, this is not right. And so I started looking into like, why am I so fatigued? Why am I like so low energy? And it was like, oh, you're probably not eating enough. Um, and I was like, oh shit, like this, <laughs> maybe what I'm doing here isn't right. So I kept looking into it and I was like, wow, like I was looking at the symptoms of like an eating disorder. And like, I checked off all the boxes. I was like, you know, I, I feel guilt and shame when I eat, like I, I view food as good and bad. Like I don't allow myself to eat certain things. I was doing all these horrible, horrible things. Um, so that's when I realized it was a problem. So I, I, I wanted to tell someone about it. Cause I was like, okay, I, obviously I can't do this by myself. Um, but I, I, I wanted to tell someone. So I told my sister what I was going through because I knew she was someone who I could trust. And, um, so I told her about it. I told her I was like what I was going through and she was so supportive about it, obviously. And then she ended up telling my parents about it, even though I told her not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I obviously now it's like, that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're all very supportive. I mean, I never went to treatment or anything. Um, and I'm not saying that's like a, I'm not invalidating treatment. That's just like, everyone's journey is different. Mm-hmm. I just never went to treatment. Um, and it perfectly, like me telling my family about this perfectly coincided with my start of recovery. Um, and what happened was my, so my cousins, they own a CrossFit gym and my cousin reached out to me like one summer, like one, one day over the summer of 2018, going into my senior year of, co- of high school. And she, um, she texted me, she's like, Hey, like, you know, I, I know like you run a lot and like, do you want to join our CrossFit gym? Like, you know, we could become like workout partners. It'd be really fun. 
And it's funny looking back, I wanted to say no, because like I said, I, I thought only running would help me lose weight. And I thought lifting weights was like a bad thing. So I wanted to say no, but I'm such like a people pleaser. So I said yes. And mm-hmm. um, so I went to this class, this first CrossFit class, and it was like a workout. It was really hard, but obviously, because I wasn't feeling myself right, I was kind of tired and all that stuff. And then after the workout, my cousin went up to me and um, she was like, all right, like now you got to go eat a lot. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, and she was like, well, you just did a tough workout. You know, you got to You got to f- feel yourself to like, you know, replenish your um, to replenish yourself after you worked out. And then like at that moment, that's where it clicked that like food was not the enemy. Like mm-hmm. I, I realized that like food is actually helpful. Like you need it to to do basic things. You need it to work out. You need it to like you need it. You, you just need food. Um, so that's when I realized like or that was like the turning point, like that moment. I was like, Oh my God. So like that entire senior year, like my whole senior senior year of high school was great. Like I, I, my relationship with food was awesome. I was going out, I was making memories. Like I wasn't saying no to things. Um, I was eating very well. I was eating very balanced, um, allowing myself to eat certain things that I used to not let myself eat. I gave myself rest days. And obviously I, I ended up finding this passion for CrossFit as well at the same time, which was awesome that I'm still doing now, which is great. Um, so I thought I was good that I thought I was done with the eating disorder stuff. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then I went to college <laughs> mm-hmm. and then my freshman year of college is when I was first introduced to binge eating for the first time. Um, because it was kind of a combination of binge eating and exercise addiction. Um, because for my 18th birthday, I got this Apple watch, um, which I, I which was, a which I thought was really nice at first. I was able to like track my workouts, track, you know, my calories and stuff like that. It was an efficient way to do that. And, you know, as time went on, that became very unhealthy and I became obsessed with it. Um, you know, I like couldn't work out if I couldn't track it and I, um, felt like I had to earn my food. So, you know, if there was a day where I didn't work out, I feel so guilty and shameful. I'd end up binging and, um, the same thing would happen. I, I'd, I'd work out so much and I'd put my body through so much. I'd be so hungry all the time. And I end up just binge eating at night, like every night. Um, and I was just in this horrible cycle of not lo- allowing my body to rest. Cause I was so afraid if I like ate and then didn't work out, I would like gain all this weight and everything. It just became so unhealthy. And this went on for, you know, six, seven, six, seven weeks, eight weeks, almost two months my first, you know, semester of college, you know, it's also the first time I was living on my own. So it's a whole new experience. Um, and then I had another click moment, but this time it was for the better. This was, you know, with my binge eating and my exercise addiction. Um, I was at the gym for the second time that morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went, I remember I, my schedule, I used to wake up like two hours before my first class just so I can go work out. Um, and I was at the gym for the second time that morning and there was this sign at the gym and mind you, my body was like destroyed. I like, I was pain was everywhere. I was so sore. I, I could barely move, but I forced myself to go. And I looked at this sign at the gym and it said, literally all it said was no one, your body needs rest. That's all mm-hmm. it said. And then for some reason that just clicked in my head. And I was like, again, I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm torturing my body. Like I'm killing myself. Like why I, this can't keep happening. I feel so lethargic. I feel so tired. Like I'm so sick of like this cycle of like eating and like feeling the need to work out. And I, it's horrible. I keep end up binging and it's just, it sucks. So I read that sign. And then the, the next day I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to work out. I'm just going to take a complete rest day and see what happens. And that's what I did. I didn't wear my watch that day either. I took it off. I was like, this is obviously not a good thing for me. Um, so I took it off. I took a complete rest day that day. I ate the way I normally would. I'd listened to my hunger cues and stuff like that. And 
the next morning after that, I woke up and I was fine. I was like, oh my God, like, why have I been doing this to myself for so long? Like, I, I'm totally fine. I, I need to find this balance. That's when I really dove into that part of recovery where I was like, okay, you know, you, you had to find this balance. You don't need to work out every day. You don't need to um, earn your food. There's no need for that. And that's where I started to develop this passion for nutrition. I started to research a lot more about everything, nutrition and fitness. And, um, you know, that, that whole next year, I realized that I wanted to change my major to nutrition. because I was studying journalism at the time. And I really didn't, wasn't that passionate about it. Um, so I realized, I was like, Oh my God, I should go into nutrition and keep learning about this stuff and keep, you know, hopefully it could help me in my recovery as well. And it has, and which is awesome. Um, so I changed my major to nutrition and like that next year, in December of 2020, uh, during COVID, I, um, I saw it, like, I, I want to make this TikTok, my TikTok account. And the reason why I ended up making this account, um, was it's a very interesting story because I'm typically a very insecure person. Like I'm very introverted. I don't really like expressing myself in public or especially on the internet for anyone to see. But what happened was I just randomly opened TikTok one day and my friend posted this like really inspiring like video about like weight loss. And I'm not like, that's not the point of the story, but it was, just, it was like a vulnerable video is the point of the story. And I was like, wow, like if she can do this and like, if she can be open on the internet, like why can't I? And then my mind kept like trickling into, I was like, wow, like there's really no male eating disorder recovery advocate on the internet. I mean, I'm sure there are a few that I have just never seen, but it's obviously not prominent on the internet and i was like wait like maybe this is like my calling maybe this is like my sign mm -hmm. to do this and i got I was home for winter break it was a perfect time to start like i had no school to worry about um all my friends were you know they all went back home so i wasn't really seeing them i had nothing to do so like okay i'll start posting on tiktok so um and i realized that like you know i, I wanted to do this and I, I wanted to start spreading this positive message and i wanted to stop caring what people thought about me because obviously it doesn't matter and um that's kind of you know I've, I've been doing this now for maybe like a year and a half now, which is actually really crazy. Um, I never thought it would get to this point. I seriously, no idea. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I know that was like, I, I said, I want to keep it concise and that was a lot, but that's yeah, pretty much, yeah, that's, and now obviously things are going great. I I've had a couple periods of struggle, but I'm past those now. I'm in a really good place right now. And, um, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's been great. So I love your story. I actually didn't know a lot of that stuff. So I really am glad that you, yeah you said everything that you said and just so happy that you ended up listening to all these intuitive messages. And, you know, I think a lot of people will say things like that was a mistake. Like, you know, for example, like you ended up having an intuitive message to, to um, exercise more and it became compulsive and you can became addicted, but that's not a bad thing, right? Like you learn from your experience and, I feel like more than anything, recovery is lived experience. So it's not about looking back and saying, oh my gosh, I just like wasted my life or I wasted my time or that was like a bad time of my life. You know, it's really cool to have this holistic perspective on your past and see how it all added up to where you're at now. And now you have like how many followers, what are they called? Followers on TikTok do you yeah. have? I think right now I'm at 200, almost at 215,000. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. It, it doesn't make sense in my brand. I don't think it ever will, but it, tell it me, will. yeah. Tell me about the type of content you post. Like, tell me some examples of your sort of like top videos, what you kind of go for. Yeah. So I, so I try and find the, the balance between like reenacting things that I used to struggle with and deal with that 
at the time I thought I was the only person dealing with that. Um, so I put those out there and every time I post those out, like I post those, like, for example, I don't know, one of them is just like, like the stages of like a binge, like what, like the, the first stage, the second stage, so on and so forth. And like, uh, I'll get, you know, flooded with comments saying, wow, like I thought I was the only one, only one dealing with this. It helps me feel less alone. And like, that's the, that's the goal of those kind of videos. I want people to feel, like I said, validated in their struggles. I want them to, to feel less alone because, you know, eating disorders can be so isolating and like it's, it sucks. Um, so anytime you feel like you can be less alone or, like, or knowing that you aren't alone is, is huge. Um, so I try, I, I have those like the reenactments of what I used to struggle with. Um, and then, I mean, I also, I also have very raw moments. Like I have a, you know, pin in my profile is a video of me like dealing with my, my first binge in two and a half years. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, it came out of nowhere and I was like, all right, I'm going to hit record. I'm just going to kind of walk the the audience through it and just like let them know that like this is what it can look like um so you know every, anytime i have like a raw or vulnerable moment i i uh not every time obviously but there's some that i want to put out there to show that like this is what it can really look like it's not like for example like binge eating is not just like you just eat a lot of food and like that's it like that's not mm-hmm. what it's like there's this whole like emotional aspect to it um so i have those um i and i also find that balance between content that can help people. I mean, I try, I mean, every video I post, I try to make sure to help people, but you know, there's some where, you know, I try and do like, let me think, like, for example, Mm -hmm. like I I have like me talking to myself, like there's two characters, me and I'm both of them. And I, one of them's like, oh, I shouldn't eat today because I overate yesterday. But then I'm like, well, actually you should, you should, because you need fuel every day. Like, just like learning uh, material stuff like that like educational mm-hmm. videos that's what i was looking for like educational videos um so find that balance between those like reenactments educational videos um and like raw and vulnerable content that's that's what i'm shooting for right now so. amazing amazing sounds like some eating disorder voice versus healthy self compassionate yeah. voice which is exactly. a pretty gold standard yeah. in, yeah. Yeah, in exactly. my book um just <laughs> talking but but seriously so many people most of my, all my clients have, you know, in their past, they've taken their eating disorder and just like, let it drive them, drive them away, take them away. And so even just saying one thing back, obviously having a conversation is ideal until you get to a place of peace, but even saying one thing back is life-changing, even if you don't believe it, because you're just, at least your healthy, compassionate voice is saying something, even if it's like, this eating disorder sucks. And I know that's not what I want for my future. Like, even if it's something like that, you know, it doesn't really even matter what it is. It's just responding back. So love it. Amaze. (laughs) Um, Thanks for sharing your story too. That's really vulnerable. I, I just love that you were like, I'm pretty introverted and not very vulnerable because it's pretty shocking. Honestly. Well, because like what would happen is like in my head, I would feel like if I would ever like openly talk about this kind of stuff, everyone would just like, stopping my friend like would hate me and like that just hasn't happened like my life stayed the exact same so like yeah. at this point everything gets better now um so at this point i'm like well i'm falling too deep now i might as well keep openly sharing anything so i'm an open I book love. <laughs> you know i i feel that i felt that so many times and um one i'm i'm not really usually inspired by like instagram reels like those quotes that are like voiceovers like i'm like they're inspiring but i'm not like moved by them too much. But this one I heard a couple weeks ago and it was this girl and she was like, what did she say? She was like, I'd rather be laughed at for putting myself out there than not try at all. And I was like, yes, 
I kind yeah. of agree with you. Like, who cares if people laugh at you? Like, you don't need those people, you know? And just like you said, no, nothing in your life has changed. And that was my biggest fear. And sometimes I'll stay up at night and think like, gosh, my, some of my content is so cringy or just like talking shit about myself and thinking about the people on the other side of the screen who I'm, who I'm worried about. They're like people that don't even exist in my life, or maybe they're people who aren't really in my life anymore. And I'm like, have to remind myself that everything, first of all, everything is going to be cringy. Like everything from 2012 was is cringy and like, nobody can escape that. And also who gives a shit? Like who cares what those people think? Like, I don't care. I know exactly. And it's funny too, because like, although I am like way past the point of like caring what people think about me, I don't care, but like, it's funny too. Like, you know, like how on TikTok, if you post something and like someone you, who you're friends with likes it, like that notification like stands out. Yeah. I still get like a little bout of like anxiety when like one of my friends or like my family members is like, I see like they liked it. I'm like, ah, oh, I mean, like that means I saw it. Yeah. But it's, like, I, like, but, like, even though I already know that like watch my stuff anyways. So it's like, I don't know, but it's still like in there a little bit, which is so weird because I'm so like over it, but I think it's like human nature and I, it's just like, of course you're thinking, I wonder what they think of me. They're probably just like automatically liking. They're probably not even like watching oh, the know. whole thing. I know. I see my sister do that to me. Like she, I see her scrolling. She just likes it moves on. Watch like yeah. half a second. But like, oh, thanks for the like. She's like, I'll support Bobby. Boop. Yeah. And then just like move on. Um, exactly. Okay, cool. Okay. So tell me about these stigmas that you have personally faced. Um, as a guy and what stigmas you feel like still exist? Like what's the current climate of that at the moment? See, I think, I think things are getting better. Like we're on the right track overall in terms of, you know, like I, at least I see more and more men openly talking about their struggles, whether it be mental health, body image, and like anything. Um, but there's still like, I still get plenty of comments. Like when my, when my TikToks hit like the gym bro, side of tiktok i still get with comments calling me weak and like i'm not worth it like it's just you know i think i think the weak thing is like that's that's a huge stigma that's still there i think um because you know when people think of men they think of just like these these huge strong men that like can do anything and they're like they shouldn't be phased by anything and um they shouldn't they can't go through adversity they have to they have to keep everything inside their muscles basically um mm. that that's still there um which sucks uh, a lot. <laughs> Sounds about right though. Right. Oh yeah. I know. Cause like, uh. even like, you know, when I, when like, when I get those comments that like, you know, Oh, like you're weak, like why, you know, this is like a woman's disorder stuff like that. Like it doesn't really bother me anymore, but it's still like, why is like, this still a thing? Like, well, like, like, why is this still a thing? I don't, I don't understand. Like everyone's going through some shit. Everyone is, doesn't matter who you are. Like uh, everyone's going through something. Um, and obviously, you know, people come with that kind of stuff or just reflecting their own insecurities, obviously. But, um, so like, like those, those kind of, those comments are just like, why? I don't, I don't, you know, oh, I'm sorry. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. I know it's, uh, and oh, I get a lot of like the, the, uh, the discipline, like you, you need the, like, this is not discipline. Like, like if I, if I make a video about like intuitive eating, I get so many comments, like orders have discipline and like not eat it. And it's like, bro, what? Like <laughs> if it was that easy to just have discipline, like everyone would do it. It's just yeah. like, why you think that you haven't thought of that before? Like you think that you just think like, what? Wow. Yeah. You're so right about the, them being insecure. And I love that you said it's stuff. Would you say like they keep it in their muscles? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. yeah oh, like, I like muscles, that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I heard from my teacher uh, back when I was in school, he talks a lot about how there's this masculine 
culture in food and body that's dominant, absolutely dominant. And I think everyone has, I, I guess like everyone has masculine and feminine energy. It's not like male versus woman or anything like that, but there is this like hard sort of rigid idea of what it means to be like healthy and fit. And it's like, people really do need to be hard, literally like their abs and, and, and whatever their arms to, in order to not let anything like get in the way. Like they, it's almost like this idea of people wanting to, to have abs so that nothing can touch them. You know, they're untouchable. They're like super humans or something like that, but it really is so disordered. And I don't think anyone wants to be friends or around people who are totally like that, like so reserved that they don't let anyone in or let anyone show any emotion. It's right. It's and, not a nice person. Right. Exactly. And it's funny. He brought up like the, the example with abs because I made a video, I think like, I don't know, eight, nine months ago where I talked about like a couple of years ago, I, I had like a six, like I had abs and like, I thought that would make me happy. And I, the video was about that. Like it didn't overall, like I, I mm. felt um, so obsessive. Like I, every time I ate, I like looked at myself in the mirror, like to make sure they were still there, stuff like that. Like I, that's what I talked about. Like I said, it didn't make me happy, even though I thought it would. And I got, and of course that video hit Jim Bro TikTok. And then <laughs> I got killed with like the, no, like, it, no, it does. I swear. Like it makes you happy. Like this is weak. Like you're, you know, like this is no discipline. This is what happens. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I totally agree with that one. And um, there's another one too, that I think is common amongst like with males is that like male uh, men just like they like to eat so much like all the time and like if they don't then like they're they're uh they're, they're not masculine or something like that because you know that happened i, I experienced that you know like mm-hmm. if we're out for dinner like, like a big family dinner like i'll i'll always just like receive my family's leftovers because like i'm a you know young male it's like oh you know you 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 know you definitely eat a lot right it's like you can take this and like stuff like that mm-hmm. so, uh, <laughs> wow interesting yeah. what about um something that i'm finding with my coaching. Um, you know, I work all, all of my clients are women, although I hear about their partners and something I hear a lot. It that's alarming to me and concerning is the, that I think a lot of men, obviously this is a generalization, but a lot of men still kind of operate with the cheat days, the cheat weekends. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's that you find? Yes. I, I actually made a whole podcast episode about oh, why wow. I'm doing cheat days. Cause yeah, I would do the same. Like I even, I, I even had cheat days when I was, you know, in the middle of like, or like during my like TikTok. like I, I, I have a couple of videos where I label them like cheat days. Um, Cause I, for some reason, I still thought that wasn't a disordered thing, even though when you look at it, I think now it is because you are literally viewing foods as good or bad. You you're placing limits on when you can eat certain foods. Like, Oh, I'm gonna eat everything right now. Um, so I, you know, can restrict it later. It, like, it, I kind of reminds me, it's like, it's like a planned binge. Like, I feel like, yeah. cause like during that day, it's like, okay, you know, you can eat whatever you want in that one day. So you got to get it all in right now. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and then like, you can't stop cause you're like, oh, I got to restrict it now. It's like, so I was still stuck in that. So I, I totally get that. So now it's like, you know, I'm not gonna never again. Like I just balance. Well, the respect, respect for yeah. you for, I have tons of my YouTube videos are privated now because I have clients who are like comparing their recovery to mine in like not a healthy way. Even if it's just like one or two people, I'm like, nah, I don't want to be, or, you know, I still have the video, some of the videos out. It's just like, you know, I'm not going to post them in the future and I address them now. So I, I totally love, I think it's makes you more real and more honest, you know, you're not going to just be like, I'm a perfect 
recovery advocate who does everything right, you know, that's not realistic and that's not yeah, what people yeah, want anyways. Always, yeah, because you can always keep learning, you know. Totally. Student for life. Yeah. Okay, cool. So tell me about uh, your relationship with exercise. Like I know you're in it, you're learning a lot about exercise in school as well. And I don't know, tell me about some parameters that you have for yourself as somebody who's had an eating disorder, who really likes to exercise, what is a healthy mindset in that regard look like for you? For me, I think the top priority is giving myself rest. I, cause that was a big, I would never allow myself to rest ever. Like I, I thought I had to work out every single day, twice a day. If I didn't get 10,000 steps in a day, then I'd be a failure, like stuff like that. So I, you know, I, I wake up and I really feel like I, I I guess, listen to my body. I'm like, okay, how do I really feel? Do I need a rest day? Um, and if I think like, yes, like I'm sore, like I, I can't work out today. Then like, yes, I will give myself that rest. And then coinciding with that, giving myself rest is I make sure I eat enough every single day. It doesn't matter if I work out um, or not. If I take a complete rest day, I try and make sure to eat um, very well. Like just cause that was, you know, if I didn't work out, I used to think, Oh, I, I can't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that basal metabolic rate was a thing until like <laughs> 2018. So I thought anything I ate, I had to earn. Um, that's obviously not the case. Tell um, me, wait, tell my audience what basal metabolic rate is just in case they don't know. Okay. So the, your basal metabolic rate is the number of calories your body burns simply at rest. Like if you were in a coma, um, just not moving whatsoever. Uh, like that's the, that's what it takes. Like that's the amount of calories you need to just perform like for your body to perform like basic functions, like for your organs and stuff like that. Um, and it, that is 60% of your total daily energy expenditure. Like the number of calories you burn every single day, like 60% of that comes from your basal metabolic rate. So you need a lot of food. It's a lot. It's not, it's not just like a couple hundred calories. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like it's 60 to 65% of your total daily calories burned for the entire day. Like that's a lot of food. Just laying or just not even right. Just like in a coma, which we're not in. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, that, that takes in things like fidgeting and like blinking and like every, like everything like that's. Um, so yeah, you need a lot of food, even if you're just gonna lie in bed all day. So like those two things, like allowing myself to give myself rest and then eating on those rest days or any day, if I have a high training day, I'm going to eat more because I'm just naturally hungrier. I'm I'm more active. I'm doing more work. Like I'm going to be hungrier. So I'm just going to feel myself right. You know? Mm -hmm. So those two things, um, those are huge for me. Mm -hmm. And then tell me more about rest days. You say you wake up and you kind of analyze where you're, where you're at. Tell me some into like, what are some indicators that you feel you need to rest? You said being sore. Is there anything else? I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I'm sore, if when I wake up, um, just how I'm feeling, like if I wake up and I'm like, I really don't feel like going to the gym today. Like it's fine. You know, yeah. you know I can go tomorrow. It's fine. Like, um, cause you know, there, there were days where I would go and I didn't really want to go and I wasn't really into mm-hmm. my workout and I would kind of half-ass it. And, um, I hate those kind of days cause it's like, why even go? Um, but I felt like I had to go. Um, so not like really being in tune with, do I want to work out with that feel good right now? And yeah, like working out for, to feel good, not to look a certain way or to, to eat more food. Like, no, like I want to do it to feel good, to get those feel good endorphins that are released when you work out. Like that's why I work out now. So, um, that helps a lot. And it's, it's like, I I do still want to stay active, like not Mm -hmm. full on active on rest days, but like, just, you know, let's go for like, like walk my dog or like, um, do a nice little stroll, like walk with a friend, something like that. I still like being like, I, I like to move. Like I said earlier, I can't sit for more than like two hours, um, <laughs> but just keeping it like really listening to my body, like seeing how I really feel um, and not putting too much pressure on myself to work out. Cause mm. yeah, this uh, something I've realized last couple months too. It's like, 
why am I putting so much pressure on myself to do these things? Like I'm not, this is not my job. Working out is not my job. I'm not uh, getting paid to look a certain way. So who cares if I miss a day or miss two days or go on vacation and don't work out? And like, who cares? Like, it, this is not my job. It doesn't matter. Like, totally. You know, that's why so it's journey. Like it's totally close. I guess. I love, yeah. So many f- people want to look like fitness influencers. And I'm like, do you understand how the fitness influencing is their full-time job? Mm-hmm. They, it's, it's like so much of their time, it's their salary, it's their everything, you right. know? So unless you want to be spend, like you, you can't, you know? And I think it's cool if, you know, I think that it's great if, when people value movement, like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. When the eating disorder manipulates it, that's a whole other thing. So it's about like your intention. And I think a lot of people get really worried about exercise because they're like, like we talked about, I think it's lived experience. So if you do end up doing a workout and you feel depleted after you don't feel good, you feel really sore. You just feel icky. There's something inside of you. That's like, that wasn't right. Instead of beating yourself up, learn from it, you know, next time don't go as hard next time, try something else. So it's really, for me, at least my personal experience with exercise has been a lot of trial and error and kind of embracing the mentality of it being a journey. And also just, it can change, right? I think so many people want to label themselves like I am a yogi, I am a CrossFit, I am a weightlifter. And I think that's cool. Like that, especially if you have a sense of community, but just not feeling like you have to be a hundred percent. This is my, for the rest of my life, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that's when it gets a little iffy as well. Oh, I hundred percent agree. Yeah. Cause like I took, uh, I took three months off of lifting this year. Like I, and I hadn't done that in, since I started doing this four years ago. Like, and I, I was so, I was nervous at first. I was like, okay, this is like all I've known for the last four years. And it's going to be so different, but I just couldn't do it. Like I, I was just, I needed a break from it. I was getting bored of it. I wanted to try something new. So I incorporated new things. And that's, that's awesome. Like, you know, but that was something I would be afraid to do two years ago. Yeah. Um, and now like I'm back into it now and it's great. Cause like I was able to miss it. Uh, and now it's, it's been great. And I realized like these last few months that me not doing it has, has had no negative effect on me. So it's absolutely. Like, Why did you take a break? Just wondering. So when I go back to school, it's hard to do, crossfit style workouts in my uh school's rec center it's just it's just tough like i need that like group environment like it's i don't have all the equipment necessary so i just couldn't i was kind of half-assing it for the first couple weeks and i was like this is not fun i can't do this uh so i just straight up stopped i i was still active but i just like i was trying different things um whether i was playing basketball with my friends playing intramurals that my school provided just like walking still like so it was just kind of nice to kind of take a break let my muscles relax a little bit uh it's good so I love that. You know, what's a really good indication of progress and recovery is when you can allow life to happen and like allow your food and body world to morph with your life. So I think it's what happens is like, generally, this is not everyone, but generally you life, you just kind of get busier and busier, you know, like you, you kind of get less time to yourself. So I think that's why a lot of people in there end up kind of choosing recovery, like in this time that you did, you know, kind of like when you start to get busier with life and when you don't necessarily have as much time. And you think a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people, me included, you're kind of like, 
shit, I got to recover because like, I got to live my life. Like there's other stuff that I want to do and I don't have time or brain space or energy literally or metaphorically to continue (laughs) to exercise like I am and eat like I am. So it's kind of like a privilege to be able to have time to even have an eating disorder in a lot of ways. It's just really interesting when you kind of become too busy to with life. It's a good thing. Yeah. I've never thought of it like that. That's wow. That's mm. a lot. Yeah. You're right though. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay. So I would love to know some key differences on the way that you view food now versus when you were, you know, you mentioned a couple already, but maybe just wrapping up some key distinctions that you feel you've established at this point of your life when it comes to food. Okay. So are you mean like just, just enjoy anything? Just yeah. 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 Just some like mindset shifts that you've made and some like truths that you feel are really real now for you that weren't true before. Okay. I like this question. Um, So this first one is uh, relates to binging and uh, I don't know if this is like not unique or if like one of the main reasons why I was binging was like, I, I love food a lot and I would like hate, like I would get, I was, type person who would get like get sad like when they stop eating uh so part of the reason why i would binge is because like i don't want food to end (laughs) technically Mm -hmm. and then i i I read this quote and i it sucks i can't remember who said it and i read this quote and it said um so i wish i could like give them credit for it so i didn't i didn't say that i didn't make this up Mm -hmm. but it said um um it was like live your uh, what was it it's something about like enjoy every meal and then live your best life until your next one. Mm. It, was, it was around that. And it kind of made me realize like, I, like I'm going to eat again. Like, this is not like mm-hmm. food is just a part of our life. It's not our entire life kind of thing. Um, so that, that, that's helped me out a lot. I realized it's like, like food is not the end all be all here. Like it, obviously it's, you need it to live. It's necessary. It's uh, you know, it's, you, you make, you make so many memories with it. It's such a like, social thing, um, but it's not your entire life. Like you're, you're, this is not the last time you're ever going to eat something. Like you're going to be fine. I promise. Uh, so, so that's helped me out a lot. I mean, obviously just not viewing foods as good or bad anymore, not placing more value on it. Cause you know, all, all foods do, all foods do something for our bodies. Uh, some just do more than others. Like obviously some foods have more nutritional density than others, which is obviously factual, but this, like this donut is not bad for me. And this salad is not good for me. Like, you know, they, they, you know, some, like I said, some foods may do more than others, but every food does something for us. Um, mm. was important. So I now realize it's like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna gain 30 pounds if I eat this donut. You know what I mean? Like it's not, uh, it's not going to happen. Um, so that's helped me out a lot. Um, I like these. Yeah. Uh, oh, obviously, uh, I used to never like spontaneously eat. Like if I, if I were to get invited to go to like Chipotle with my friends at like eight o'clock, I would, I would say no, mm-hmm. like if we go out to pizza at midnight, I'd say no. Um, so allowing myself to spontaneously eat, make memories with food is so key. Like, like, you know, it's like, it was funny. I was scrolling through like my camera the other day and I have so many memories from this past semester of just like, you know, we, we, we'd go out and like there was food involved. And, like, I would never have had these great memories if I was still in this state where like I thought, uh, I had, I, I, I couldn't eat these foods. And, um, so thankfully I'm out of that. So just, you know, kind of, and it's, it's a long process. Like it's not going to happen overnight. 
um like it, it took like at the start it takes courage to like say yes to to getting ice cream after you just had pizza and like so you know what i mean like stuff mm-hmm. like that it's just it, it takes time but then over time like once you do it once you experience it and you wake up the next morning and nothing bad has happened it's like oh shit like this is oh my god yeah. this is great like <laughs> i'll do this again like it's um so just those those things those, those have helped me out a lot um just becoming more spontaneous just kind of letting letting it come to me, not forcing anything. Mm, love that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been wow. good. <laughs> okay. Incredible. I'm glad I asked that. You've got yeah. some pretty like wise <laughs> bits of information. That's great. The <laughs> first one you said is really cool about the, the quote you had heard. It reminds me just of any time you have an eating disorder, you have scarcity mindset, like of course on a, biophysiologic level and on a mental and emotional level your body is like puts so much importance on food because it's scared it won't get it again or it's scared it'll get too much of it you know so the scarcity mindset and it bleeds into all aspects of life which is why i love coaching because i'm like we can talk about food but we, let's also talk about how like this mindset actually the scarcity mindset actually sh- is absorbed in like all aspects of your life. And it's really interesting way to live when you think like that, you know, that this is not my last meal. I'm going to enjoy food for the rest of my life. And so let's say I have, let's say you have a a lot of people struggle with having like a bad meal. That's not very good. Cause like either they paid money for it or they're saving their calories or something like that. All the above, they have a meal that doesn't taste very good and it ruins their day. And I think that's like an indicator that or opposite, like you have a meal and it's like the only thing you look forward to. That's it's like that's a that's a problem, you know. So I think just I really like that uh, that quote and too. It, yeah, and I think a lot of that stems from just like in the past restricting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like your body's like trained to think, oh, you know, you're never going to eat again because we're just going to restrict again. But now, obviously, I don't do that. But it's just still, it's like it's still there a little bit. But obviously, I, I know how to combat that. And it's like, no, like I promise, we're going to eat again. I swear. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that comes from that, you know, my past, like restricting in the past. Um, it's, I feel like my body can still kind of be stuck in there. My brain's kind of stuck in that mindset, but you know, like I said, I, I deal with that and yeah. shut it off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's cool to think is so many people, including myself, I used to think like, I'll never be able to not have this relationship with food and my body that's bad, you know, or whatever, like I'll never be able to fully be in this mindset of freedom. And it's really interesting because when you think about it, the eating disorder energy that we hold is unusual. It's abnormal. It's quirky. It's weird. It's not homeostasis. So if our bodies can adapt to that, think about the fact, of course, they can adapt back to homeostasis, right? It's like, if your body can do this, you can absolutely go back to the way things were when you were an intuitive eater or even better. Because I think like you said, you were six years old when this all started happening. It's like, okay, let's get to a place where you're not six years old. You're even more yourself and even more like learning from the suffering that, you know, we have, we went through. Because mm-hmm. right, cool. everyone's born to eat intuitively. Like, you know, like toddlers, you know, they, they eat intuitively, you know, but somewhere along the way, you get lost in that cycle. So, yeah. Whew. Well, Thank you so much for sharing uh, your life and your eating disorder story and helping other people, helping so many people. 
why don't you tell me where, tell my audience where they can find you and then I know what you're up to next. Yeah. So if, if you don't already follow me on TikTok, you can uh, look up Bobby Kaz, B-O-B-B-Y-K-A-Z-Z on TikTok. Um, and I also have my podcast, the Bobby Pod Kaz, Pod K-A-Z-Z. I, I know this, I know wrote off the tongue so well. I, <laughs> um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, if you, you'll, you can continue to expect to see eating disorder recovery videos, um, just uh, food freedom videos, you know, how to find food freedom, um, some relatability, just everything. Um, that's where you can find me. So, yay. <laughs> You actually won't regret it. It's so true. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Okay. It's uh, thank you so much for having me. This, this is awesome.